Hey guys, before we get into today's episode, I just want to take a minute and talk about a product that we both love and use, and that is Simple Spectrum Supplement. Simple Spectrum is doctor formulated and third party tested, and they use only the highest quality of bioavailable ingredients. So it is free of all the junk and Simple Spectrum was designed with our kids and their sensory needs in mind. So it is unflavored dissolvable powder that is free of gluten, casein, added sugar, soy, Basically, it's everything you want and nothing that you don't want. Another reason why I love Simple Spectrum is because they are a brand that really educates and supports families, and they're putting out products that parents can trust. They also just recently came out with a fish oil that is awesome. I will say that we've been using Simple Spectrum for a while now, and when we first started using it with Logan, we really noticed a difference in his overall focus and attention, and that is something that the whole time we've been using it, we have continued to see the benefits of. So if it's something that you're interested in trying, you can go to their website. And if you use the code AIA at checkout, then you will receive free shipping on your order. So definitely, I totally recommend it. And like I said, if you want to try it, you can use the code AIA and you will get free shipping. Now on to the episode. Welcome to Adventures in Autism, episode 154. I am Megan Carranza. Thank you so much for coming to listen. If it is your first episode, welcome. So happy to have you. And if you've been listening, thank you so much for coming on back to the show. And if you have been listening, then you know that for the last few months, I have been doing a lot of what I call the summer series episodes, (laughs) which were basically just solo episodes that I would kind of pick a topic and just sort of share my my piece on that topic. Uh, And the reason why I was doing that is because in the summer with all the kids home, it was a little bit more challenging to schedule interviews and have guests on the podcast. But we are into fall now. I mean, technically, it's still summer. It's, you know, August. (laughs) But the kids are back in school and I have many amazing interviews lined up and I'm super excited to to get back into the interviews because I just I love chatting with you guys. I know you guys love hearing from different people and today's episode I am so so excited about. I'm talking with Jen who many of you probably know if you follow her on Instagram at Divergent Roots and she has an amazing son Julian and honestly just a beautiful family. She lives in Maine. She has so many beautiful photos that she shares on Instagram but this was really fun because her and I connected I mean, a long time ago, (laughs) like back when I first started the podcast and she has always been just super sweet and supportive and kind. And so it was great to actually like get her on the show and get to, you know, really dig into a conversation with her. And it was wonderful because, you know, a lot of times it's like we connect with people on social media and you, you know, you think you have a lot in common. And then it was like, as soon as Jen and I got on the call together, we just 
could not stop chatting. <laughs> so this is a long episode because of it. Um, but she is just phenomenal. If you follow her, you already know that. And if you don't follow her yet, you're going to want to because she's just a wonderful person. So open. Her and I share a lot of similar viewpoints. So it was just great to always, you know, talk to someone who gets it, who understands where you're coming from. Um, and I know that listening, you guys are going to feel the same way. So I'm going to stop yapping and get to my conversation with Jen. So I hope you enjoy listening. Hi, Jen. Welcome to Adventures in Autism. Hey, Megan. Hey, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being here. This is so fun because you and I connected, I feel like many moons ago. It's been quite a while and I finally just recently said to you, I'm like, wait a second, why haven't you been on the podcast yet? <laughs> oh my gosh, I was so honored. And it's Aww. so funny. I wish I kept track of how I found people on Instagram. And I don't know, you were one of the earliest people and it must have been the podcast. Somehow when I typed in searching for something, I think you came up and you were kind of like this door into... Um, the autism community. So I'm super thankful. And it's like, I feel like I'm coming full circle with actually talking with you on this podcast. Oh, I love that. Well, it's, it's always fun for me when I, I mean, I love talking to like someone who, you know, I just, just recently came across, but especially someone who I kind of like know a little bit of your story, but then when you're actually on the show, we can kind of like fill in the blank. So it's, it's, it just feels like I'm talking to an old friend. So I'm super excited to have you on. Um, and like I said, I do know some of your story, but mm -hmm. I, I actually don't, I'm not as familiar with like the, the early days. So if you will kind of take us back to the beginning, I would love to hear. Sure. Thank you. Um, so usually it's funny, like my story starts with, um, our autism diagnosis, but a little bit background on me. Um, I'm from Maine. Um, my dad is from Maine. My mom is actually an immigrant from Bolivia. So I grew up in like a bilingual household. That's kind of just kind of a unique background. Mm -hmm. Stayed in Maine for school, went to college, became a nurse and worked for a little bit, met my husband and we had Julian and this was, he was born in, I'm going to be so bad. I forget dates whenever I'm <laughs> on the spot, that's but, so um, yeah, so he was born in 2017 and he, he is just, he was the best baby. I mean, I, I just look back and I just have all these fond memories of the first year. And, um, I think what's sad, and I don't know if other parents experience this, but it's almost like when someone starts telling you that your child is missing milestones or when you start noticing it, it's almost like this cloud comes over your parenting memories. Mm -hmm. So you know, I look back and I get a little bit sad um, because that's when this anxiety kicked in. And I'll, I'll talk about that throughout our journey. But this mom anxiety of like, all right, um, I'm doing something. I'm not doing something right. Like all my other friends, their children are starting to talk. Um, Julian was a late walker. Um, so that was, you know, concerning to me. I was like, well, geez, like, you know, what's going on? He wasn't using gestures, but he was so happy. Mm -hmm. He was just so happy. He was so snuggly. He was so, you know, we had a good time. Like I would bring him everywhere with the library, all sorts of things. We we were just like, you know, best pals. We still are. Um, but it was just this cloud of like, all right, he's not, he is not hitting his milestones. And we had a very supportive pediatrician. So thankful for her. She helped us um, kind of put in the referral to get an evaluation. So, um, 
I think a week before he turned two, we received um, the official autism diagnosis. Oh, and was- I was, I'm sorry, what's that? I said he was so little. I didn't realize it was even before he had turned two. Yes. It was like the week before he turned two. We, he, I think he, we probably could have gotten that diagnosis even earlier, but oh. I was the one waiting a little bit because I was immediately as a mom, you're kind of defending your child. You're like, well, you know, it can't be this because, you know, he's so snuggly or he's so, you know, it, he wasn't fitting the stereotype in my mind, which I think is a very dangerous thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so luckily my, my um, pediatrician was just like, well, you know, like, let's give it this amount of time. And if he still isn't like, I would like to pursue this. And I said, that's fair. Like I'm a nurse. Like I, I definitely was interested in, in listening to our provider. So yeah, he was around two when we got the diagnosis. And even though I wasn't surprised, like I had been doing my own research and I think I knew Mm. it still hit me really hard. I remember crying during that meeting and going through all these emotions just in a short period of time of feeling a lot of fear that our life was going to change. Like you Mm -hmm. grow up kind of thinking it's going to be, you know, one way. And then all of a sudden someone's telling you, Um, forget everything, you know, like this is how it's not even that they could tell you how it was going to be. It was almost like someone was just like make like cleaning the slate and just saying, we don't know. Yeah. The the unknown was very scary to me. And, um, and then going through these thoughts of like, oh my gosh, like, is someone going to bully my child? He's going to be different. Um, this feeling of protecting him, you know, it's just, there's a lot of things I think. Sometimes there's a misunderstanding about why parents, quote unquote, grieve. And I think a piece of it, yes, is this part where you thought your child was going to be a certain way and they're not. Um, But I think a a bigger part of it is like this fear of the unknown and and this sudden anxiety that you won't be able to like be the best parent for them in some way. I was Mm -hmm. really insecure about all of a sudden having a child where I was like, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to support him? I don't know anything about autism. It was like this Mm -hmm. really scary moment as a parent. So I think that we have to find more empathy for that, for that uh, journey for parents. I think, um, I know there's a lot of angst in this community about it, um, which I acknowledge everyone's emotions about it, but that's where I was at. So, yeah. It's interesting and it's something that I've talked about really openly and I I think should be talked about. Like I think it's okay to acknowledge that grief and you know to for for a parent like I think you have to you have it's almost like one of those things where it's like until you can like admit something then it's like that's what's so scary is it's just mm-hmm. like actually coming to that realization and I think for a long time I I felt like kind of how you were saying like, oh, well, I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not grieving. It's not grief because, you know, like my child's still here. And it was like, I just, I had a lot of like guilt around those feelings. Yes. But then what happened was I couldn't get past them because it was like, I felt these feelings of grief and then I felt guilty for having those feelings. So I would just shove them away, Mm -hmm. but they just kept coming back up. And for, at least for me, the way that I view it is it's like, I think, you know, 
we we're, we're all on our own journey and I truly don't judge anyone. And if somebody wants to judge me, like that's on them. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's like, if, if you are, if you're in that period of grief, you know, having somebody <laughs> tell you like, well, you're wrong for feeling those feelings is like the last thing you need, because really what you need at that point is like a hug. Yes. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I, just for anyone listening, like, I don't, I don't, I, she's right. Like there are definitely people who would, you know, say you're wrong for feeling that way, but you're not going to get that here. So. No, you're not. And and the people, the, actually the autistic people that I have found that have really helped me in my journey the most are the people that were just kind of telling me your child is going to be okay. You know, I, I don't need them per se to, to like validate my, my grief or anything, because I, I acknowledge that that might be, um, you know, harmful for them, but just hearing that they were okay and that my child will be okay. Hearing that from them was definitely something I needed. And like you were saying, acknowledging, acknowledging my emotions about how complicated it was, how it wasn't just one thing. It was a hundred things I was feeling, um, And I think I am in agreement with you about how it was a while. I think it was probably about a year of kind of going back and forth about how I felt about it. And just, you gotta, you just have to sit in it. Yeah. (laughs) You just have to sit in it and just feel it all um, because it's not going to go away unless you do. And you're exactly right. I mean, that guilt will prolong moving forward and really accepting your life and finding joy in your life for sure. Absolutely. I, and I think it's also like kind of how you were saying, I, yeah, you don't, you don't want it to be like you're hurting somebody else by saying like, Oh, I'm I'm grieving because my child has autism. But the truth is, and I've thought about this a lot, especially recently, it's like my path is I mean, I'm, I'm raising an autistic person. Yes. You know what I mean? So it's (laughs) like, I'm not, I'm not the person with autism. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's, it's really, it's hard. And it's like, I wish, I, I wish we could all just like work together cohesively. And I think that there's, there, there is a lot of, of um, unity. And like, you're saying, like talking to people who, who are on the spectrum themselves saying like, I'm okay. It's going to be okay. I know for me too, I felt so much comfort in that and peace in that. Mm-hmm. But I think again, acknowledging like, well, the, the role of the, you know, the parent is, completely different than the role of the person with autism. So I think it's okay for us to, you know, not always see eye to eye on things. Cause again, it's like, I'm not coming at this with the viewpoint of someone with autism. I'm coming at this as the viewpoint of raising someone with autism. Yes. Yes. I feel like that is a very important distinction. And that's why I have a hard time. I mean, to be frank about um, connecting with sometimes connecting with um, autistic adults who are not also parents. Right. Um, because, because explaining the, the mother um, role is, I mean, you can't, I mean, I just can't. I've talked with um, one of my friends, she has two typically developing children, but she says like, your brain literally changes when you become a mom. Oh, totally. So like describing that to someone and, and how that feels is like, to me, impossible. So while there is a lot of unity, I think, like you were saying, like, we have to acknowledge, yes, we are having different life experiences, because we're different people. And, uh, but in the end, like, I'm here for my child. 
a hundred percent. Like right. that is, that is why I'm here. That is my role. Um, and we're going to have to find some common ground in order to best, best serve our kids. And um, while acknowledging, I think a piece of my journey that was kind of a wake up call to me is how do I support my child? He's always my number one, but also thinking about big picture things in the future because he will become an autistic adult. So I think advocating for my son is always going to be super important, but I do also kind of want to simultaneously advocate for adults as well, because um, that's, that's a stereotype and a stigma that has stuck around that somehow our kids kind of grow out of it. And um, (laughs) I was like, Nope. So um, yeah, I want to make sure that like my advocacy is going to extend, you know, through the life of, of every autistic person. So. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think it, it starts with where we are now and your kids are little, you know, like you said, it's like you, you want this to just like extend and grow. And I totally agree with you. It's like, it's, I'm always thinking about the future while, you know, having like my feet planted in today. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. So tell me, okay. So after he got the diagnosis, like you said, it was, it was like a a while of that kind of like grieving or adjusting kind of period. Um, But like I was saying to you, it's so funny, like having connected with you a while ago, I definitely have, have like noticed a shift in like your online presence. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you, you, like I said to you earlier, I feel like there's like a playfulness now that I didn't see as much before. And I can totally relate to that. And I think many people obviously listening either can relate to how you feel now or maybe how you felt then. Tell me a little bit about that and like how, how this journey has evolved for you. Um, I have this huge smile on my face right now because it just hearing you say that um, <laughs> is so validating and it just, it just makes me feel like, okay, yes. Like I've come, I've come to this better place. Yeah. Well, not better place, but actually for me, yes. I think, um, yeah, I think it's okay to say better place. I think it's yeah. okay to say I felt, you know, badly before had moments where I felt badly. And like, now I feel different. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, I don't want to say that I wasn't enjoying my, my child, you know, because I feel like, but I think that I was masking some emotion, you know, for him, I never wanted him to feel impacted by, you know, what I was going through, which was hard. Um, But I think moms kind of tend to do that probably unfortunately sometimes is kind of hide, kind of hide how they're feeling. And um, I do like this, you know, platform and community about talking about what we're feeling and and hopefully moving past it to finding more joy in our lives. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think back. The first year was hard and where Julian got the diagnosis so early, it's, it was, I was also in the throes of being like a new parent. So that's always stressful. Um, but I think the biggest I think the biggest change in me was becoming more comfortable about what autism is. I think that is key Um, because if you're only viewing it through a lens of maybe what you learned growing up, it's usually inaccurate. I mean, to be, yeah, honestly, I grew up knowing so little about it. Um, you know, special education growing up for me was a totally separate classroom all the time. There was no integration. So it's really a whole new world for me. And meeting people, meeting autistic adults, meeting people who are communicating differently, learning all the little nuances about 
what autism is and means like motor planning challenges, um, you know, communication disorders, all these little things and learning how to talk about them brought me this feeling of like comfort and being comfortable. So if someone asked me a question about Julian, I feel really comfortable talking about it. Um, I don't feel like I'm hiding anything. I feel like I'm more present and proud mm-hmm. of my son of of autism. So I think before, you know, I don't want to say that I was embarrassed, but I still think it was fear. Like I was fearful of what I didn't know. I was fearful of someone talking about it because I feel like I didn't know how to talk about it. I feel like I didn't know how to bring it up. I I was just like, um, kind of desperate for information and guidance. I Mm -hmm. think there's a lot of anxiety early on because you just got a lot of people telling you things and you're trying to sift through it all about what's going to be best, what's going to be a best fit for you, your child and your family. Um, I think that has to do with therapy programs. I think that has to do with, um, you know, school, you're just bombarded with so much early on. And I'm, I'm to a place now where I feel comfortable, like, this is the direction I want to go. This is what I want for my son. This is what I want for our family. Mm-hmm. And then once, so now I can a lot ease, a, a lot more easily push away what I don't need. And it takes less um, energy. So now I feel more present in you know, finding joy in like the little things like, all right, we're going to go, we might plan a once a month, you know, skip a school day and just go do something fun, go to the beach or go for a hike or um, where before I feel like it was like this fear of like, oh, if he misses therapy, it's going to totally mess everything up and he'll Mm -hmm. be behind. And it's like these little anxiety storms that you can get sucked into where now I'm like, you know what, like, he's still a kid. That's, that's the part where I'm at. I'm like, Julian is still a four-year-old boy that needs, that deserves everything a four-year-old boy is going to get. And obviously honoring his autism and making sure that he gets speech and OT and, and the appropriate supports. But I want, I want him to have a joyful childhood. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I totally understand what you're saying with that I think it's funny listening to I I, the phrase like knowledge is power was kind of running through my head which it's definitely like you said like there's such a steep learning curve and you are like just bombarded with with so many things and it feels like so overwhelming and scary at the time Mm -hmm. but then it's like once once you have that knowledge like you said it really that that like being bombarded with everything and like it's like you're trying to you know like take a drink out of a fire hose like it feels like so much so fast but it's like once you kind of get through that like you're like oh like I've learned so much and it's like learning to speak this like new language and then like you said it's like you you have like a new level of like you were saying like communicating to other people like communicating to yourself and just feeling differently yourself and it's it's it is this like really like kind of transformative like time yes that's what yes it is that's um it's hard I'm trying to describe it to you and I find like I'm I feel like lost for words I'm doing my best but (laughs) yeah super transformative I mean it hit me today I um someone left a really kind comment an autistic person and just feel like 
the person I am today is not who I was two years ago when Julian received his diagnosis. I am, I am totally different. Um, (laughs) I'm still super anxious, which I need to work on, but not about, not about him, not about autism. Um, you know, parenting is still super complicated and, and the system is super complicated, but yeah, finding peace is, is a very transformative thing. And I do want more parents to find it faster and easier because that's the problem I think I still see is that our generation, you and I are similar in age, we did not grow up with enough information about, about autism and that made the learning curve so much steeper. So I'm really hoping that future parents are gonna have a little bit more knowledge and a little bit more knowledge and it, we're gonna just keep growing and growing and growing to where, you know, when your child receives that diagnosis, you know, maybe it's going to be like, oh, okay. Like, I know, I know where to start. You know, the mm-hmm. therapies will be available. Um, there won't be a wait list or I just picture a much smoother transition into, um, into that world, you know, or not even into that world. I'm hoping there will be like a better integration of both worlds where you don't feel like you're stepping off a cliff. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I totally agree. I also feel like our generation got a disservice just in motherhood in general, because I saw something recently. It's so true. It was like the moms who had kids in like the eighties and nineties, like I was born 85. It was such like a different mentality back then of like, I mean, obviously like, you know, parenting and protecting and, you know, taking care of your child. But it does seem like there was a shift and I don't know exactly when it happened, but I I mean, I definitely felt it where like for our generation, it's like you have kids and it's like, okay, well, you're nothing but a mother now. That's all your identity is, is Mm -hmm. mother. That's it. (laughs) So it's like there, there's this, this whole, you know, transformation of like becoming a mother. And especially like, like we were saying, like kind of nowadays, like, I feel like we are so locked in and just like pigeonholed into that role of motherhood and then to go through this like other shift of then having a child you know diagnosed with autism it's just like it definitely is and especially like you were saying that that Julian was so little you were like barely out of postpartum oh that's a whole other story I mean I had um postpartum depression and anxiety Uh which yeah and um looking back that's also another little cloud kind of on that time unfortunately so Um, and this is kind of difficult to share, but when Julian was first diagnosed for like the first year, I had this really, really, really deep guilt that my postpartum depression had affected him Mm. and that I was like, well, maybe I couldn't connect with him enough. You know, these are some really painful memories and things. And that was a really hard time for me. Um, so, and luckily I've been able to work through that and, you know, I'm, I'm on a journey to, you know, getting an ADHD eval in the next month. So that has been very validating to knowing that Julian's autism in some ways, like it comes from me. Like, that's how I feel. I'm like, Mm. in a good way, I feel connected. Like, like this is, you know, this is our family. This is what makes us special. But at the time it felt like, what did I do? Um, And that was, that was a very sad time. And, you know, postpartum depression is super serious and there, you know, not a lot of people, but so stigmatized, it's hard to talk Mm -hmm. about. Um, so 
I feel like it's talked about more now. It is. Yes. I still, I still feel like it probably happens like even more than we know. Yes. I think it's probably so much more common and I'm, I'm so sorry that you went through that and I'm glad you're, you know, kind of getting to their side now, but I do think whether it's postpartum or really anything, I think it's so common. I feel like most parents do in some way go through that period where you kind of blame yourself and go like, what did I do wrong? And I've talked about this before, but like, I just like intrinsically knew that, that there was like something different about Logan Mm -hmm. and, and I knew it was nothing that we had done, but my husband, it took him longer to accept that. Like he still was kind of like, no, we had to have screwed up somewhere. But then when we had our daughters and we saw like typical development, he was like, oh yeah. Cause it's, I mean, it, it truly is like night and day. Yes. Um, and I do have another child. Um, she is almost 16 months and having her has been, I think very healing for me in the sense that I went through that period where feeling like I wasn't good enough. Like I was the reason that Julian was not um, speaking and hitting those milestones with communication. I, I just felt, um, yeah, I just felt like I, w- I wasn't doing something right to teach him. And my daughter is such a strong communicator. It's wild to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is talking up a storm. Like her enunciation is super clear. It, it's just pretty I, I kind of joke to people that I'm so used to having a child that's not speaking that when my daughter started speaking, like it felt like there was like a little ghost in my house. I was like, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but I, I felt like, oh, okay. Like children do, you know, the typical uh, trajectory, they do absorb, they do, you know, learn these things. And it's, it wasn't, it wasn't me. Um, so yeah, I hope that I talked about that in, in the right way. But, and I love my children both and both their journeys. And Julian does communicate now, you know, in a very clear way, you know, non-speaking, but I've seen such improvement in him, but just the differences, like you said, it's night and day and, and the timing is night and day. So, mm-hmm. but having a, having a daughter and choosing to have um, a second child was, was another journey, which I'm sure a lot of parents um, go through that was that was scary, a little bit scary. And, but having her has been very healing. And again, I think I was really prepared to parent, you know, a child of any developing, you know, type. So for her, there was, there wasn't this fear actually. Um, once I decided to have a second child, I was kind of ready. Like I was like, you know what? Julian's autistic. He's not speaking. Like he's got sensory processing disorder. I was like, you know, I'm ready. Um, <laughs> and my daughter just throw happens down. to be, yeah, throw down. Um, I'm ready. And she happens to be a very strong communicator. Um, she is hitting all her milestones, you know. So am I thankful for that? I mean, in some sense, because I, I feel like I'm be- better able to support her needs because she's able to communicate something and I can, I can do that right away for her. Mm-hmm. where Julian, it might take me a couple, a couple minutes to figure out like, all right, do you want this? Do you want this? Like, you know, it's just a little bit more, um, kind of a nuanced thing. Um, with her, she just shakes her cup at me, you know, says cup, you know, she, she wants something to drink. Like right. she's very demanding. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is funny. Mm-hmm. I feel like your daughters are like the same, like, 
Oh my gosh. Well, it's funny you called her a little ghost. I always say girls and they still are, but especially when they were like that age, like, cause one, when Logan turned one, like that was about the time that I started to like my, I, I was just really like, okay, something is just a little different here. Something's a little off. And with the girls, I always joke. I'm like, they're just like unicorns. Like they are just like, I don't know how they like learn all this and pick all this up, but that's just, that's like always what I say. I'm like, they're just like unicorns to me. They are. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's a, I, it's hard to describe to people who don't have a foot in both worlds. Like you said, it's, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I kind of laugh when she started talking, I would just laugh. Cause I was like, didn't know what to do. I wasn't, <laughs> I almost was unprepared to parent a typical child. And I mean, she might, um, you know, I, she's still so young. So, you know, who knows yeah. down the road, but, but for now, you know, she's, you know, she's hitting all her milestones that they say. And I mean, it totally threw me for a loop because when she started talking, I was like, what? What do you, I, I know exactly. <laughs> I, I still, and, I, and you're the same because Julian's your oldest. I feel like when it's your oldest that, you know, has the challenges. Like I always say, I'm like, Logan's development still feels like more quote unquote normal to me. Cause that was my like introduction to motherhood. Like that mm-hmm. was like what I, the precedent that was set for me. So yeah. I'm, I, yeah, I, I still with him, it's like everything kind of like being more of a challenge and working towards things in some ways, in many ways, still feels like it, that's just how it should be. And, and mm-hmm. with the girls, it's like, it's, yeah, it, it really is. Like you said, unless, unless you are like actually living it, it's really hard to understand that just how, like, I mean, before I had kids, like I wouldn't have understood how you parent a child who doesn't speak. I would not have understood that. Yes. I, I wonder if people, when I talk about it, like when I said, when I say Julian tells me something, I think a lot of people imagine him speaking words to me and telling me something, mm-hmm. but he's actually not. He's telling me in a different way. So in my mind, I view it and probably other parents of non-speaking kids, they know what I'm talking about. Oh, but, yeah. But yeah, so we're, we're viewing, you know, when I'm saying he's telling me, he is telling me he's, he tells me all sorts of things all day, but um, just in a, just in a different manner. And you saying that it's, that having your first child has set kind of the, the standard of parenting. Mm-hmm. I'm actually very thankful. You know, it was baptism by fire for me. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm so thankful because I am so much better at reading my daughter because of how Julian and our relationship has developed um, and his, and his unique needs and his communication. Um, I feel like I am a thousand times the parent that I ever dreamed that I could be. And that is thank you. Like, thanks to my son mm-hmm. and thanks to autism. So, you know, I'm teaching my daughter sign, you know, and I'm the way I interact with her and play with her are all things that I've learned from Julian. And I'm so, uh, that's why I, I want to break down stigmas around autism because there's so much, that your relationships can grow with being around an autistic person and being around a person with unique needs um, or not unique needs, but, but needs are met that are met in a unique way and how I am just, yeah, the, the transformation for me 
I love being around kids now, actually, which is funny. I love being a mom. But when I was younger, I was actually pretty uncomfortable around children. I was like, I don't know what they want. I don't know. You know, what are you doing? Like, (laughs) so uncomfortable. And now I love meeting kids. Like, I just love it because I just love seeing, like, how different they are. And, like, my skills on how to interact with them are just, like, so much better that I just feel like I get it now. Like, I'm like, you are amazing tiny humans. Mm. I just love every second of it. So that's thanks to Jillian. I'm just like, I want people to, to realize like how wonderful and how, how much depth to, to our world and society can have with um, celebrating autism and, and all the, all the great parts to it. I love hearing you say that because that's how I feel. And I always joke, I'm like Pollyanna. Like I'm just like a little bit, like my glass is so full, it's like spilling over sometimes. <laughs> that's what I love about you. Feel, yeah. And it's like, I feel like people maybe are like, oh my gosh, like shut up. Like, you're, like <laughs> you are just like ridiculous. But I, I really do. And it's like, I don't want to act like there aren't challenges or yes. there aren't things that, you know, I still struggle with because I absolutely do. Uh, but, and I, I, I was literally just saying this to, um, a friend of mine. Cause so opposite of you, I, I always love kids and I was a nanny when I was younger and I, I nannied for the same family for like 10 years. So oh, wow, wow. I, I like went through it with their whole family and yeah. their oldest just graduated high school, which is insanity. Oh, um, yes. And I was at, I was at not to make you feel old. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no. Well, that's what I, I was telling him that cause the kids, like they don't understand like how strange it is for me now, like they're growing up. Cause it's like, they're just growing kids, you know? But I said to him, I was, I'm like, Justin, I'm like, I was your age when I started babysitting for you. And then his mind was like blown. He was like, wait a second. Like for some reason, like that really resonated with him. Yeah. Um, but we were at his graduation party and I had brought the girls cause they wanted to come. And the, the youngest that I had nannied for, she is like a teenager now. And, you know, they have like that mother daughter, like kind of angsty relationship at that age. <laughs> and she was like, just wait, because she's like the girls, like they're, they're, they're so sweet now, but like, they're going to grow into teenagers. And she's like, and then they're going to be in high school and they're going to graduate. And she's like, just, you know, everyone always tells you like, just enjoy this now. And I, I, I always say this and I really do mean it in the best way. I'm like, I, I'm prepared for that stuff, but I'm, I'm like, I just think God knew that like I needed someone who was like, not going to leave me. <laughs> and I always say, I'm like, that's why God gave me Logan. Cause he knew I just like needed somebody to cuddle with and hug and love on. And to me, I really do see that as like such a gift. And of course, like I would, I would love for Logan to, you know, if it is in the, in the cards for him someday to, you know, leave the nest, so to speak, I would be like overjoyed, but at yes. the same time, I'm, I'm so like happy and content knowing that like, I like, he's just, he's, he's my buddy forever. You know, I think it's important for parents to hear another parent say that, um, because I think that's another like common, um, like idea that like, it goes like this, your parent, your child grows up and then they leave, yeah. you know? And I think we have to change that. I mean, granted, like if Logan or Julian, you know, want some independence, I can only, I just hope, um, you know, my hardest that, that there will be opportunities for them to have independence. Right. And support and things like that. Um, and I'll be there a hundred percent just as you will. 
Um, but changing, you know, the way we talk about the future of, you know, kids, kids and, and then adults, they're still going to hold value, even if they live with mom and dad, like, you know, how can they still maybe they can, you know, still have a job, mm-hmm. still have friends, but like, if they need that shouldn't end at 18. Like your kids are your kids forever. Um, mm-hmm. Even when they grow up. So yeah, I think it's really powerful that that you say that and, and that you find, you know, joy in the thought of having Logan be around um, with you forever. And, you know, hopefully there's enough supports that, that you and your husband can, can also enjoy that time, you know, oh. in that same way, right? Like, I think, yeah, I think that's fair. Like people maybe viewing that time to work on their marriage and things like that. So I, I'm hoping that there's going to be a balance that like, yes, if our children are going to, you know, be with us in that, in that time of um, our lives, then there's going to be independence for them and also some independence, independence for us. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I already, I've said this before. Look at on like adult wait list <laughs> because like, like we were saying, I'm always thinking about the future mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of planning for it. And it's like, I don't necessarily know what it's going to look like. So it's like, I want to keep our options open. Yes. And I just don't want it to like overwhelm at that time. But yeah, I think, I think you're totally right. I think talking about the future. And I mean that in like any kind of way, because even like, like you, like Julian is in preschool. So it's like, you haven't entered like the school system yet. And a lot of parents I talk to that their kids are really little, or they're like looking at preschool. And I think like almost like every step of the way, I think you need to hear someone or it's good to hear someone saying, well, we're doing things differently because I feel like that's something I hear so often from parents. And I'm curious because you guys probably are like at least thinking about kindergarten and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but there's so many people that I talk to that it's like they get the diagnosis and they kind of like go through, you know, that that grieving process with that. And then it's like when school starts again, um, almost like the placement almost seems like as hard as the diagnosis. Because I think a lot of times the placement is like, I, I don't know if parents are thinking like, oh, I, I thought they would be in a different place now or what, but it, it, it does seem like placement for, for school is like another one of those kind of big hurdles as a parent that you kind of need to like get past. Yes. Um, yes. I feel like that's super, a super important point. Um, we haven't got there and I do have you know, some anxiety about it. I, I kind of try and live in today and think like, okay, he's got a whole other year mm-hmm. before he goes um, into school and nothing's off the table. Like my husband and I are, you know, we're going to see what options we have. And, yeah. you know, if we have to, <laughs> if we have to move, we will move. I mean, and I know not everyone has that choice um Mm -hmm. but you know we've told ourselves like we will do anything to make sure that julian is in the right environment and getting the right supports like there's literally nothing in my mind that i wouldn't do so um i'm kind of preparing myself but absolutely i can i can completely see how that is a milestone of of working through (sighs) because a lot of times they're again placed up against their peers, which this transition to uh, kindergarten, and then you, you're just bombarded with like, with thoughts of like what it would be like maybe, right? You know, if if they weren't autistic. So, 
I think that I can imagine that can be really hard. I'm wondering how, how it'll be for us, but I definitely, you know, my heart goes out to parents that are probably not supportive, supported enough through that transition, to be honest. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there should be more therapy geared towards the parents to help them adjust and to help support them because, um, I know you talk about self-care a lot and your kind of transformation in taking care of yourself more in the past year, which is so amazing. Mm -hmm. And I think a piece of that, that I think could change within the system is, um, therapy to support parents through the diagnosis, through all the, you know, the challenges that come Mm-hmm. With, with having a disabled child and through working through the system, um, the better the parents are supported, the better the parents can then support the child. That's what doesn't make any sense to me about this hole in the system of like, man, if we don't support the parents, like that stress is going to bleed out into family life and the kids will be affected, you know, so um, a supported, happy, you know, family, like the kids will thrive. A hundred percent. Yeah. No, I think that's so true. Cause like I, I started therapy this past year and I've said to my therapist several times, like, I, I can only imagine how helpful this would have been like a few years ago when I was still like in the thick of it and like trying to kind of find my bearings, like within this whole autism world. And in some ways it's good because I, I did eventually find them like kind of on my own accord. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you have, um, you just feel more grounded and feel more like, I don't even know the right word. I mean, just kind of like how you were saying, like finding that peace is just yes. like, so it's so important, but I do, I think so much about like, yeah, how, how helpful it would have been to have therapy like at that time. Um, but I mean, I'm just, I'm thankful that, that I have it now. We, I, I would love to talk to you about self-care because that's something that you and I have connected on a little bit. What, what I mean, especially like looking back then, and then now, like, do you feel like you had let your self-care go? Are you working at it now? Like, how how has that been for you? Yeah, that's something I have always struggled with and, since having a child. It's something I still, it's still probably my number one challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the postpartum depression and anxiety didn't help initially when I first had Julian, Um And then when he received his autism diagnosis, I think this pressure and anxiety of like figuring it out, put everything else on the back burner, unfortunately. Um, You know, and I'm someone that struggles with remembering this is kind of in line with um, what I think is my, my ADHD, but I struggle with remembering to eat, remembering to drink enough water. That sounds really silly. No, but you know, those are all like, really key things like you need to take care of your body and something that actually over the past year and why self-care is so important is like this is the first year that I've actually had my body physically affected by my stress level Mm -hmm. um I went to the ER over the winter because I had like a pseudo allergic reaction it wasn't actually an allergy apparently but it was like literally my stress induced, um, like head to toe hives, like GI distress. Um, it like dropped my blood pressure. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was really, really scary. Like I, I was like, you remember now you mentioning this, but I don't think I, re- I thought it was an actual allergic reaction. Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't an actual allergic reaction. Um, oh, wow. 
yeah, it's, it was like a, they say pseudo. So it was like some, something similar, like that's mm-hmm. how it presents, but, but it really was, um, I, I struggle with like hives it's like super random, but apparently it's pretty common. Yeah. So I'll get hives like pretty easily. And apparently like there, it's really easily to have stress induced hives. Mm-hmm. So, um, because I was explaining to all the doctor, like no one could figure out what was going on. Cause they're like, you know, had you eaten anything recently? And I was like, no, like I'm positive, nothing new, like nothing in my diet, nothing, no new laundry detergents. This is, was like so bizarre, but I mean, I was, I felt sick enough and I was sick enough that I literally had to take an ambulance to the hospital literally to like kind of come around after meeting with specialists to figure out that like, I was so stressed out. My body like just couldn't handle it. It was Um, great. Yes. Um, So that's what's scary. Like if you don't learn how to balance and body will it will catch up to you. And then um, recently I got de- I'm falling apart. I developed this eye ulcer and the doctor is going through the reasons why you could do it. And I'm like, I wear contacts. So that could be it. And she's like, well, you know, if you don't drink enough water, if you don't, are not sleeping enough, you know, stress, she was literally listing everything in my life. Oh no. Yeah. And I was like, I have got to get a handle on this. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously the pandemic, right? Like how much self-care have we been like, it's been hard. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a big wake up call to me because I need to be the best healthy person for my kids. I mean, my kids are so young, like I, I need to really take this seriously. So something I have been trying to do is like little things, but like, okay, how am I going to drink more water today? How am I going to settle down at night and kind of let all the, all the things go so I can get some, get some rest. Mm -hmm. Um, journaling has been important for me. Um, just getting my feelings out and thoughts. I think trying to find like humor in more things. So maybe that's where a change people have seen me. I'm trying to kind of maybe change my online presence to be like, I feel like I always feel like the weight of the world and I'm like, all right, well, obviously the weight of the world I cannot handle. So just trying to be a little more lighthearted Cause that's self-care too. Um, sure. yeah. yeah. And I do something I'm really, I've been inspired by you for is, well, I want to get back in the gym. Like I've always been a super active person and of course I'm active running after my children, <laughs> but it's different than going and for yourself and, and taking care of your body. So that's something that I'm going to do in the next uh, week or two is actually restart my gym membership. And, um, try to get back to feeling, I mean, I'm happy with my, I'm happy with my body. It's not really about that, but feeling more in control um, and feeling more like I'm taking time out to take care of myself, um, which I think is something I've always, I've seen you really talk about your journey there and about how it's not like, you're not trying to change how you look or that's kind of just like, maybe like a, an added bonus. Yeah. It's sort of like a product of taking care of yourself then it's like you also get like yeah yeah I, yeah I don't want to act like I I don't like it <laughs> yeah of course because I I mean I'm a woman um but but it isn't it, it's not like the the catalyst for like getting yeah. healthy is not just to like fit into a smaller size it really is about like how you feel and 
I that that's really sweet that you say that because I, I it is something I feel like I had to be like beaten over the head with before I made any kind of change and it kind of sounds like that's where you are too yeah yes allergic yeah the pseudo allergic <laughs> reaction and um it's definitely and, and and just for people listening I think it's it's really important to know and this is something I I'm still learning even though I'm working on my self-care a lot like the thing is is that especially when it comes to like self-care is that like no one is going to do it for you you are the one who has to do it you are the one who has to ask for help or schedule it yourself or figure it like it it really it's very much like self is the key word here (laughs) it's so hard (laughs) It, it is it's really hard but it's like I want I want people to hear that because it really does make such a huge difference. And I think for a long time, I definitely kind of felt again, that, that guilt that like mommy guilt of like, Oh, well I have to do all this because who else is going to do it. And it's the truth is like, you're not like, like you were saying, you're really not doing your child a favor Mm -hmm. by, you know, being there 24 seven, if you're just burnt out. Whereas if you take, you know, one or two of those hours away and like, you know, get a sitter or drop them off with grandma or whatever you need to do. Or even like for me, a lot of times it's like in the evening, like we'll, we'll put the kids to bed and I'll tell Manny like, okay, I'm going to go like get my nails done. Like it's late. (laughs) You know what I mean? But it's like, I'll figure out like whatever it is that I I need to do that. Or or even if it's just like taking a bath, like I take a bath a lot at night because it's like the kids are already in bed, but it's just like taking that time that I normally would be, you know, like watching TV or whatever, and just doing something that like makes me feel better and just like fills my cup. I think it's, it's so important to just like figure out where you can kind of squeeze those in. Absolutely. Yeah. It's such a something that like, I feel like I'm still so early on figuring out how important that is and how I'm going to, you just feel like there's not enough time, but like you said, like you, you have to make, you have to make the time. And I have been better about communicating to my partner my husband about, you know, what I need, what I need support with. And that communication piece is, is self-care. That is, mm-hmm. that's going to be what allows me to, to get help if I need it. If I tell him like, man, I'm really struggling today. You know, he knows like, okay, well I'm, I'm going to do dinner tonight or like, or, you know, he works from home. So he's like, just go take a break for a minute. You know, if I need like a noise break, if the kids are like mm-hmm. super loud, um, even those little things I feel like is a, for me has been a good start into learning how to set boundaries. That's something really important. I feel like with parents, it's so, or as a mom, like it's so easy to kind of just not get like walked all over. I wouldn't say that because that sounds like, cause that's not how I feel, but it's like, I let my kids steal food off my plate. Oh, well, you know, well, first of all, I should probably not let them do that because I don't want them to stealing strangers food. <laughs> but I also I'm not setting that boundary of like, this is my meal. Like I need this too. And it's like that little thing of like, oh, but it's for my kid. Like, you know, they're hungry. My husband's like, are you going to like, don't steal mommy's food. Like, you know, she's going to eat. And it's little things like that where you're just like, I'm important. I'm just as important as everyone in this family. I need to take care of myself and I need to ask people to also take care of me. So, um, and yeah, being, I think communication, if anything, you feel like you can't start on, like maybe you, you can't go out to, to go do something outside the house, like being a better communicator within your home, I think is a great 
first step in taking care of yourself and getting cared for. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that's really good advice. It's funny when you say like walked all over. Cause for me, it's like at the end of the day, it doesn't feel like I've been walked all over. It feels like I've been run over by, oh. a- <laughs> like it feels like I just got railroaded. <laughs> so it's like, oh, yeah, sure. Walking sounds, sounds like, okay. But it's like, no, no, no. There's a full on like train coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I mean, so I even, fall into bed yeah, at the end of the night. Exactly. Even like working on self care. Oh no, I still, I still have those days where I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys. But like now, it's it's actually been great because one of the things that I've been doing and it's been amazing is my mom will take the girls and they'll have a sleepover and they'll like so they're gone for like 24 hours so then it's like I just have Logan which again like he's honestly kind of the easy one at this point but he's also like right now he's in summer school and it's like so I'll have at least like a few like tomorrow I'll have like a few hours while he's in school yeah and it's like we've only we've just started doing this in the past couple months and like the, the first time I remember I was like oh my god what am I gonna do with myself and it was like I went and I rollerbladed all over my neighborhood awesome ran some solo errands and it's like so wonderful and you know this isn't something I wouldn't have been able to do like I mean I guess I probably could have because honestly like there are kids that sleep over their grandparents house I'm just again I'm one of those like crazy moms that I was like no no like they have to be with me all the time always yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. but yeah it's like relinquishing a little bit of that control and just saying like no it's okay like it's good for them. It's good for my mom. And it, it, I love having like solo time with Logan. Like we're going to go get his haircut and it's like, we get to like have like some time together, just him and I, and it, it really is like, it's good for everyone. So like, kind of like how you we were saying, just like communicating that, like, you know, reaching out and, and maybe stepping out of your comfort zone a little bit, I think are, are so important when it comes to like figuring out your self-care. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, finding a sitter is uh, like a whole other um, probably podcast that we could talk about with yeah. having a child with a disability. So we have finally found somebody and it has been so life-changing for us because um, I mean, well, Julian's at school, you know, she can take my daughter and they go do something like today. She brought my daughter to the beach. Julian's in school. So my husband and I can do home projects. I can do, I can talk to you, which is as actually for me, self-care because like, you know, just sharing your journey and talking about things and with, with another person who gets it, I think that's super important for, for moms and, and caregivers and parents. Um, Absolutely. Finding that little community that can really support you. Um, I mean, Instagram has definitely done that for me. I find people that I'm like, if I'm going through like a challenging, you know, if Julian's doing something that I'm like, man, I really... I don't know what's going on here. I have people I can reach out to that have been through it or, um, yeah, have some more expertise. And that's been super helpful. I don't feel as lost. Like mm-hmm. that's feeling lost is exhausting. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's like, I don't want parents to feel that way. So that's why we do share, um, our journey. Um, and yeah, but back to my, I'm like digressing here, but yeah, <laughs> finding a, um, a babysitter and, and finally like kind of letting go, like, she has taken Julian and, you know, my fear, like, well, Julian is not speaking how, but she does have experience with um, kiddos on the spectrum. You know, she wants to be a pediatric OT. I was like, where did you come from? Please oh don't ever goodness. leave us. <laughs> yeah. So it's Perfect. been amazing. I was scared. And then I finally like went on a limb and reached out on a, um, my state like has like a Facebook 
it's run by like um not parents but like uh child care providers and things but it was like a facebook group and i kind of like threw it out there like this is what i'm looking for um and somebody reached out to me and it, and it ended up working out so even if you feel like you're scared of like looking you never know unless you try right so you know and even if it's a process of finding someone it's going to be worth it because you do need parents need a break. I mean, there's no question. And I mean, every parent, it doesn't matter if your child is autistic or not. Like every parent needs a break and needs support because it's very physically demanding and it's just emotionally draining. I mean, I am spent by the end of the day. So having times, like you said, to go and rejuvenate yourself, finding that, 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 that kind of non-parent self that you need to nurture yeah. um, is really important. I've fa- like, I've tried to pick up a few books that have nothing to do with autism. Surprise, surprise. I know that's <laughs> like all I do, but finding a few books that will just kind of like take my mind off things and let me enjoy, you know, just some, some special moments to myself and some quiet. Um, that's been super key. I love that. I think that that's so important because I feel like especially in in the beginning, like those first, you know, year or two or however long it is, it's like you're so consumed by all things autism. And like we were saying, it's it's good to to have all that knowledge and to to gain just that comfort in like understanding things and resources like it's all wonderful. But I feel like that your balance is really out of whack for a while. And it's yeah. Like, so focused on autism and like you were saying and it's so true it's like you were somebody before you had kids and you were somebody before autism it's like there's there's so many like layers to to everything and it, it's it, it, like you were saying it really it's important to to remember that like that person is still in there and they still matter yeah they really are it's funny like i through my postpartum depression with Julian, I um, found a counselor and we were talking about kind of the process of becoming a mother. And I think you had mentioned how our generation has been really like, um, kind of handed a difficult, like, yeah. hand with this because a lot of us had kids a little bit later than our parents. And so what she explained to me was that we had time to build that pre-child self like oftentimes maybe school or a career you know what have you or traveling so you really had time to to figure that self out and then you become a mother and that's a different self so how do you how are you balancing and how are you integrating both of those how are you honoring both selves that you are now and something obviously that I think is lifelong. Um, but mm-hmm. especially for new parents, like for me, um, how do I honor that? I was the, I was a bookworm. I was like a lover of just all things quiet. I would love to go sit in a library just by myself and like for hours. Um, my, my house is not quiet at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, where am I finding that quiet that I know that I need? And then, um, while also enjoying my children and making sure that I'm present for them. So yeah, honoring both, honoring all parts of yourself is just such a important part of, of just being healthy. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's definitely hard. It's definitely hard, but I hope that people who are listening realize that you and I didn't start with like, Oh yes, of course. I'm, I am constantly telling myself like, 
take care of yourself. And I still don't, you know, so it's Mm -hmm. definitely something you have to actively work on. um, Just like you actively work on, you know, providing for your kids and and being the best parent, you got to actively work on providing for yourself. So, so true. And it's, it's so funny listening to you. Cause it's like, I'm realizing, and I I've said this before, like I'll joke, especially like how, since like losing weight, I'm like, I'm like how Stella got her groove back. Like, I'm just like this whole, the whole new Megan. But then I, I was saying to a friend of mine recently, I'm like, I'm actually really not like the new Megan. I'm like, I almost feel like, like the weight loss made me kind of turn in back to the old Megan like the Megan I was before I had kids yeah I haven't really been in this body since before I had kids so it's been really interesting for me like um the physical transformation like seeing seeing the transformation has been like a catalyst for me to like mentally have that transformation too because it's like seeing myself in a like physically seeing myself in a different way has helped me like mentally see myself in a different way. Yeah. Wow. You know, I never even thought of that. That must be so powerful. Like just to see all your, all your work and all your effort become this physical, you know, change. It's, it's weird because it's like your body, your body does it before your brain does. So Mm. it's like, I, I, um, I'll still like, when I look in the mirror, I still don't really see that much of a difference when I look at a photo I do though like I'm like wait that's me because your your body transforms quick more quickly than your brain does your brain takes way longer to catch up um so it's like I'm still I'm still like having that like mental transformation but it is it definitely has like helped me to just kind of get back to like my my true self because I feel like I for so long it was like I was literally just weighing myself down and now it's like I I definitely like there's there's a lightness that like I truly haven't felt like in years I feel like I see that and what's really cool I'm glad we connected so early um like on my end from my part of my journey because we're still new into it but um seeing your transformation and your like your dive into self-care and things like that and just kind of the results of it I I see that lightness in in you as well like and you going on you know dates with your husband like I feel like I hadn't seen that for like for totally. you no yeah we used to be like our like our anniversary and like if we were lucky like maybe one of our birthdays like that was like and and that was really like what we were putting into our relationship and it showed <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and we felt that and I think just like kind of how how we were saying like taking care of yourself is is something that puts requires effort and taking care of your relationship does too and it's like you get out what you put in and yeah we like we have for sure been been and like a we had little kids for so long and our kids are still little but it's like we were in like that baby phase for so long where you're just surviving <laughs> Yes. I always say that I'm like parenting is a survival sport. And like, we were in the survival thing and I, I I didn't, and I didn't even know it for so long. I didn't even realize like how, like I said, way down I was, but also just our relationship, but being able to kind of take a step back and see like, Oh, okay. Like things are kind of like changing. Um, that's, that's really cute to hear you say that too. Yeah. Um, I've started to try and do now that we do have a sitter that um, I feel comfortable with Michael and I've ventured out and we've our bucket list is, you know, this many dates over the summer. And really um, 
I don't want to say splurging, but kind of we we told ourselves this summer, like, you know what, we're not going to feel guilty about, you know, going out and doing these things because we have not been doing them. It has been, it's really been a detriment to our relationship really on, on not um, putting this energy in and making this time and reconnecting Um, early on. I think a difficult time getting the, the diagnosis a couple years ago, we actually moved um, to a different city that same month. So that was one of the most stressful months I've ever had. Oh, wow. And my husband and I were, I think, grieving in our own ways, but we were both working a lot, um, you know, readjusting, moving, and we really drifted apart. So I feel like for anybody listening that is experiencing that, it doesn't matter if your child's just been diagnosed or if it's down the road. I, we did couples counseling and it was super, super beneficial. Like it really taught us how to communicate with each other without it escalating into an argument, mm-hmm. which I think is a skill that not enough people have. And it was a skill I didn't realize we didn't have until we were actually like, oh, um, so that's, you know, we learned skills that we like still use. And this was a couple mm-hmm. years ago. And if anybody needs um, another reason to why couples counseling, um, our daughter wouldn't be here, I think, if we didn't do it. So, oh, wow, yeah, that's a testament to like reconnecting and just getting on the same page and being like, you know, like, what, what do we want? What do we want together? And we went from a really, really difficult, dark time in a relationship to, you know, getting pregnant again and kind of diving back into it and, and, and it being better than ever. So, you know, if anybody is going through that, there is another, you know, if you can come out on the other side, it can be even better. Like going through your child being diagnosed and learning together, like you can come out stronger. Like, don't feel like this is going to be the end um, of everything you knew before. Like you're going to change, but you can change for the better. And it, it is going to take work, but mm-hmm. it's, I think my husband and I are really, really in a good spot. We know each other a lot better. We've gained some skills. We're really trying to honor each, honor each other's space and what we need. So I think we've matured a lot in the past couple of years. And I'd, I'd say Julian had a lot to do with that. Oh, I, I love hearing you say that. Cause a, I think it's like such good advice and we haven't done couples therapy yet, but it's definitely, it's something we both are totally open to. And we've, we've talked about, we need to just like die and, and not because we're in like crisis mode, but just because no. like you said, I think it's like anyone could benefit from it. And I I've seen the benefits just from, you know, me doing like my own like personal therapy. So I, I feel like, yeah, as a, as a couple, just like gaining that like stronger foundation, like is only going to help you and your kids. Um, but also because you and your husband are like so cute together. I, I <laughs> little videos you put up with him and you guys always crack me up and look like you're having like so much fun. So I love knowing, especially now, like that, you know, like this a couple years ago, that wasn't necessarily the case. And it's like, look how far you've come. A hundred percent. He's a super goofball, just like me. Um, <laughs> and I think we definitely found it similar to your and I's like self transformation. Um, I think my relationship went through the same thing because we had like lost ourselves as a, mm-hmm. as a couple. And then we had to like go back and find, find it again. Um, you know, what are we both doing that we both enjoy? Like, how can we make time at the end of the night to maybe do something together? You know, maybe it's a show we both watch, like, mm-hmm. you know, that we don't skip episode, you know, watch episodes with the other, without the other person. Um, Grounds and, for you know, 
yeah oh <laughs> my god date nights um you know, <laughs> just like it's just little things and it doesn't have to cost a lot of money I think also like if you can't mm-hmm. go out on a date you know date at home um just play a board game like it's all these little things that I tell people I mean I love social media I think it's so fun but my husband and I make reels together just like for fun it's like a we'll turn it into like a date night type of activity um, and just be goofy together. So um, yeah, whatever you can fit into, you know, your life um, it's worth it for sure. I need you to like teach me how to make a reel. Cause I'm so old. I don't even know. <laughs> I really am like, Oh my gosh, I'm like aging out of social media. No I'm- Google. <laughs> I go on YouTube. I go on Google. I'm like, teach me because I feel, I don't know if you have TikTok. Um, I don't want to cheat on Instagram and say that I go on TikTok, but I do. Um, and just seeing all like the younger kids like do these dances, I'm like, oh no, this body is not. <laughs> this body is not gonna do that. It's so funny because I do- I don't have TikTok. Like again, I'm just too old. But my husband, who's 11 years older than me, loves TikTok. It's so super it's like, fun. Yeah, I guess it. Re- it's really just like my own hang up that I'm like, okay, that's like for the kids. He doesn't post anything. He just likes like scrolling through it. But he'll yeah, say. Yeah. And I like it. He'll send me like funny TikToks and I laugh, but I'm just, I'm just like an old lady, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Okay. Well, Jen, I really could just like continue talking to you all day. This has been so much fun. I feel like we've like covered a million topics, but it's been great. Can you tell people where they can connect with you and find you and watch all your reels? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you can um, follow me and my family. I share a little bit of everything, but we're um, at Divergent Roots on Instagram. And I do also have a little link. I do have a blog, Divergent Roots, um, that I try to get to. I wouldn't say I post too many new things there, but um, yeah. So at Divergent Roots on Instagram. And I love meeting new people on there and talking with new people. So super happy to meet you if you come follow us. Yes. And you are a super fun follow. Well, (laughs) this has been just lovely. Thank you so much for coming on and being so open. I I love chatting with you and I know everyone's going to love listening to this. Awesome. Thanks, Megan. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Jen. Isn't she just a delight? I really did have so much fun chatting with her, and I could have kept talking to her all day. (laughs) Um, So definitely check out her and her family at Divergent Roots. Like I was saying, they're so much fun to follow. I, I love really all of her posts. She just I just think she does a great job and explains things in a really poignant and helpful way and sometimes she puts things in in words that I'm like gosh I wouldn't have thought about it that way but I totally understand and can relate so anyone who's like thought-provoking like that I just really really appreciate um so definitely go follow her check her out if you want to connect with me you can find me on Facebook at Adventures in Autism Podcast on Instagram at Adventures in Autism Pod or you can email me at Adventures in Autism 2018 at yahoo.com always love hearing from you guys. Like I said, I am back in business scheduling recordings. So if you have been listening to the show and, you know, like Jen, you're a listener who maybe would like to come on and share your story, I would love to have you. So the best way to do that would be with email. If you would send me 
um, just like a little background and what you would like to talk about if you were a guest on the show, that would be super helpful. Uh, if you are enjoying the show and you would be so kind to leave a rating and review on Apple podcast, I would be so, so grateful. And that really does help other people to find the show. So thank you so much to everyone that has done that. And that is all for now. And until next time, take care. Thank you.